Hi guys, welcome back to the David Rolls Experience Podcast. Today, I just wanted to make a little episode about retained recruitment. Now, I don't always talk about recruitment on this podcast because, frankly, I, I don't really want it to be a recruitment podcast. But the last couple of weeks has been interesting because I've been speaking to quite a lot of directors and recruiters who are interested in uh, winning retained recruitment, which is you know part of what I do as a coach. And it's been interesting, actually, to to see that a lot of people even people who are like vastly experienced and even some people who like um, have maybe done some retainer training before don't fully understand the concept of retainers. So when I think of retainers, I think I think of it quite differently than most people. And I do actually, having spoken to some people, I do actually understand why now. Because if you'd asked me probably like, you know, three, four years ago, what is retained recruitment? Well, I probably would have just said like, you know, you get a paid third up front, a third uh, final stage interview and a third offer stage but I don't really understand like I wouldn't have really understood the benefits of it and 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 what you can actually do when you work retained and this is the not the challenge I'm having but this is certainly something that I'm finding I have to do when I speak to recruiters and recruitment directors at the moment um, when I'm trying to um, you know essentially pitch my services and you know get them interested in in uh, my retained recruitment blueprint course. So it's been really interesting because what I've sort of realized is that a lot of people need that education around what it is. And a lot of people just don't realize like, all the cool things you can do with retained recruitment. So th- basically the way to think about it, the way I explain it on calls is you can do loads of really cool things once you've got that commitment. That's essentially what it is, right? So the retainer fee or the commitment fee, the fee up front, whatever you want to call it. And I'm actually thinking of um, not using the word retainer anymore because I think there's already like a lot of stigma attached to it, but there's also like a definition attached to it, which is not my definition and it doesn't sort of sell my services well enough. Um, but anyway, basically, let me give you an example because this is probably easier to explain. So with regards to retainers so you're getting that commitment fee up front right so they're paying you up front and they're doing that as a sign that essentially you know we're not going to waste your time mr or mrs recruiter so basically we you can then provide them a far better service and you can do loads of really cool things once you get that retainer or that commitment fee up front that you can't do with contingency you just can't or i suppose you i suppose you could but you'd be very naive and, and stupid to do so because there's always that element of you having your time wasted and because of that, you just can't offer certain services and certain solutions to your clients, which which is a shame and which is one of the reasons I really don't like contingency and I think everyone should move away, away from it. But basically, so with regards to um, one service that you can offer, right? And I cover this in my, my ebook as well. But for example, you can offer exclusive candidates to your clients as a service, okay? You can't do that when contingency because the way you the way you need to look at it, whether you're a recruiter listening to this who's interested in retainers or um, a hiring company hiring manager, the the important thing to understand is like just how like contingency works and how that affects the behaviours of recruiters and and how the service they're able to offer you as hiring managers. So essentially, what happens is when you're working contingency, well, a contingency recruiter isn't actually really interested in filling your role specifically, you know, as opposed to like, you know, an internal recruiter or a retained recruiter. They're not actually interested in filling your role. They're interested in filling a role and getting a fee for a candidate, 
right? They don't really care where that comes from. But they don't care if you pay it or the other clients pay it or if a company who they spec the candidate into via email pays it. They just want a fee, right? They're not really particularly interested and committed in filling your job, in, in filling your vacancy because, well, frankly, why should they? Because you haven't paid them any commitment anyway and you could pull the role at any time. You could fill the role internally or a referral from a friend or even from another agency, even though you've said it's exclusive of them, you know? So what, why would they? So they're just interested in getting a fee from somewhere. So the way it works is basically a contingency recruiter even if they're working exclusively with you, it's very, very likely, and frankly, would be smart to, send the, send the CV to you. So say, say you're looking for like a Python developer, yeah? So this, this, is, this is my world tech recruitment. Python developers are really hard to find. Um, it can take you like two, three months to fill a Python developer role. So if I'm working contingency, I'm sending that Python developer to you, and you might be thinking, oh, that's fantastic, you know, what a great candidate. But I'm also sending that candidate, because he's such a good candidate, to all my other clients who are looking for one. And I'm probably working, you know, at least four or five roles because with contingency, you typically need to work, say, 10 to fill four. So I've sent them out to all my other clients plus you. And guess what? I'm also going to probably send it out to like three, four hundred people on the database just to increase my chances of placing this candidate and getting a fee for this candidate that I found. Now, Obviously, that's a problem anyway, because you're not, like I said, they're not interested in filling your role specifically. So you're not, you're never really going to get a proper service from them or any sort of commitment from the recruiter unless you pay them a fee up front. Um, and if they do, well, basically what they can do instead is they can just offer you exclusive candidates. So they only send that candidate to you because you've paid them a fee up front. So they're getting paid regardless. So they're less worried about, you know, the, the candidate going elsewhere um, because they are now committed to filling your role. And, you know, how it works is basically how, how I teach it anyway is you, you can give your clients exclusive candidates and because of the SLAs in place and the timescales, well, things move so much quick, quicker anyway that, you know, roles are typically filled in, say, a week. So the candidate wouldn't have probably found an opportunity anyway in that time. Um, and if they get rejected by you, then, then you can send them out to other people. Um, but obviously the, the other um, outcome is that you've offered them, which is fantastic. So it doesn't really affect the recruiter's job of sort of increasing the, the chance of getting a fee for that candidate anyway. But for you, it's, it's a huge benefit because you, rather than this candidate being sent out everywhere, you're only having this recruiter send this candidate to you. So this is just one of the benefits you can offer as a recruiter and you can get as a hiring manager. But just to go back to the to the example, so this, this say this candidate's been sent everywhere, right? Now let's say the, let's say the, the recruiter's uh, candidate that he sent you gets an offer from you. So you really like him. You think he's fantastic. You've been looking for, say, two months and you're, you know, hopeful that they're going to accept the role. Now, you could actually be in a situation with a contingency recruiter and maybe contingency recruiters won't like, like me saying this, but I think it's really important for both sides to understand this because I've actually under, I've actually spoken to some rec- uh, contingency recruiters recently who actually didn't look at it like this. And they're like, oh, do you know what? Actually, it doesn't actually serve my clients, me doing this. It doesn't serve me, but it also doesn't serve my clients. But basically, you could be in a situation where the contingency recruiter is actually convincing the candidate not to join you, actually working against you to fill the role, right? And I'll give an example just to sort of give some context to that. So let's say you're in a situation where, like I said, you've offered this candidate and you've told the recruiter and they're like, okay, cool. Can you present the offer? But what if that 
recruiter has sent that candidate to another client and they're offering him as well or her as well then let's say the other client the recruiter's got who's also offered the candidate the role has is paying more because they've agreed higher fees so say you've agreed 15 percent fees they've agreed 20 say you offer them 80k the other client offers them 85 even if it's subconscious and it probably won't be it'll probably be conscious but even if it's subconscious the recruiter's probably going to nudge that candidate towards the higher paying client, right? Let's be honest. Like, recruiters listening to this, you're probably going to do that. And, you know, hiring managers, you've got to admit that that's probably a, probably the the outcome, right? So that you've got a recruiter who's actually working against you to convince that candidate to join you. So they're actually convincing the candidate not to join you and join someone else. And again, that's another floor of contingency. And I could go on and on, um, and I, I will make more episodes about this. And about retain recruitment because I think a lot of people don't fully understand it, but also the moving parts behind the scenes and how it can affect recruiters, how can it improve recruiters' lives, but also hiring managers and the service they get from recruiters. But that's just an example, and I, I hope that sort of paints the picture of like one of the downfalls of contingency. Now, there's there's many many downfalls of contingency like that. Um, so this is why I would encourage you massively to try and seek out recruiters who work retained. Um, as long as their you know their services are tangible and you're getting a, 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 a drastically different, far improved service from the recruiters, so for, for in, in return for the commitment fee, right? And then recruiters, obviously, you need to make sure that you're able to offer that service and then you're executing on it as well. Because there's no point you know saying oh, I'll offer you exclusive candidates and then and then you don't because you're just going to ruin your reputation and the reputation of retained recruitment which would be um which is already to be honest with you like it needs to be repaired anyway so let's let's not do that guys but yeah that's um that's basically a little bit about retained recruitment hopefully you come off this podcast thinking you know what all i want you to do is get the cogs turning and thinking you know actually to be fair dave's got a point here contingency recruitment actually doesn't really serve anyone especially what we're not optimally anyway um but yeah, that's uh, just a little episode about retained recruitment. Um, if you want more retained recruitment knowledge and content, follow me on LinkedIn, follow me on TikTok. Um, all the links are in, well, you can find the links pretty easily if you just click on this podcast, find me on LinkedIn, my, my Linktree link's there. It's really not hard to find. Um, I'm also offering a, I've got a, a retained recruitment survival guide ebook, which is a free guide to retain recruitment. It's sort of like, 15 to 20% of the course I offer, but I'm giving it away for free. Uh, all you have to do is pump your email address into um, my page. So if you just head to davidrolls.uk uh, slash ebook, or if you just go to davidrolls.uk, um, you'll see it on the front page anyway. It's really easy. Put your email address in it. You should get it automatically. It should send it out automatically. If you don't, send me an email. Just say, Dave, I want the ebook, and I'll send it to you manually. Um, but that's a free guide and some people actually some startup directors um, which has been fantastic but they've actually read the ebooks they haven't got budget for the course at the moment or to to hire me as a coach and uh, they've actually like created a pitch deck and created services just from the ebooks so yeah hopefully it's really helpful um you know it took me a while to 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 publish it um but i think it will be uh, like a really good free resource and at least it'll sort of nudge you in the right direction get you um get you changing your ways and moving away from contingency recruitment which i i I promise you 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 won't regret 
Um, but yeah, as always, as well, if you want to work for me, um, you can always book in a free 50-minute call with me, um, which is cavernly.com slash recruit with Dave. You can book in like a free 50-minute intro chat with me just to chat through how I can help you. And um, yeah, and don't forget to hit follow uh, on this podcast as well. Really, really helps the podcast. Um, if you like this episode, please do share it with your colleagues, with your um, your friends, your family. Um just to get the word around uh, because it does really, really help it grow. But thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll catch you on the next one.